John, what was a 15-and-a-half game lead for the Yankees is five games as we are speaking here. Yeah, I think they'll make it in the division, but I am very worried about them in terms of the postseason. They do not look like a World Series team right now. We'll be talking about what they need to do to hang on, the future of Aaron Judge, and we'll have the president of the New York Yankees, Randy Levine, to talk about all that and more. So stick with us on the show with Joel Sherman and John Heyman. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. John, when we were doing shows in July, we were asking questions if the Yankees were going to have the best record ever. On July 8th, they uh, were 38 over 500 and had a 15 and a half game lead. As we're speaking today, we're not comparing them to the uh, 1998 Yankees anymore. We're wondering if they're about to be 1914 Boston Braves. They Right now, the Boston Braves made up the biggest difference ever in baseball history. 15 games and went on to win the World Series. Yankees were up by 15 and a half. If they blow this, it would be the biggest blown lead ever. Are they going to blow it? <laughs> well, you have a better memory than me. I think of the 78 Yankees. Second and largest, 14. Red Sox. Yeah, I mean, that one is fresh in my mind still, even though I was 17 years old. Uh, that was something. Boston had a great team, and they still won 100 games, and that playoff game is the most memorable I've ever watched. You know, I don't think they're going to blow this. I think they'll hold off Tampa, but I am worried about them. They won the game against Tampa. They got a good call on the strike, which was not a strike. And then they beat the Twins, which to me, that doesn't count. They're still playing the Twins, but I, I don't get it. I think one of the Yankees, like 112 and 39 against the Twins over the last 151. You know, it's those are games are gimme. So, I mean, if anyone thinks the Yankees are cured, I don't think so. I think they're still in trouble in terms of really advancing in the playoffs. I do think they'll they'll hold on this division, though. John, you know what shocked me? You said they'll hold off Tampa Bay, and that's who I would think. But I actually looked in Fangraph's projection this morning. Yankees eighty four point eight percent chance to win the uh, AL East. They have the Blue Jays second at ten point seven, and then the mm. the Rays. Third at 4.5. I think it's probably about strength of schedule. And one other thing to keep in mind, Tampa Bay and Toronto play each other nine times. So about a third of the games left this season, they play each other. If they just kind of split those games, it'd be very good for the Yankees, right? Neither team would be making up substantial ground at that point. I mean, a five-game lead is pretty good. You you should be able to carry a five-game lead for a month. Except for they've blown 10 games in two months, right? It's amazing. I mean, we we talked about this team like like you said, 98 Yankees, like it was an all-time great team. And the Dodgers right now are having that season that we thought the Yankees were going to have. The Yankees are not having that season. They have so many injuries. I'm very concerned about them. I, Like I said, I don't count these games against the Twins. They, they just cannot beat the Yankees for whatever reason. But the injuries combined with the fact it's a one-man band. I mean, have you ever seen a team that's in first place carried so much by one guy? I mean, he's clearly MVP at this point. I don't even know we're having this discussion, but 
why are teams even pitching to him? I, I don't get it. So I'm with you. So the Yankees are actually seven and six in their last 13 games. If you're trying to be somewhat optimistic, they're seven and six. So that's seven wins. Would you like to know what Aaron Judge is in those seven wins? He's 14 for 27 with six homers. He's homered in six of the seven games. He's driven in a run in all seven of the games, right? right? He's got 13 RBS. So it's, it's amazing. With all the losing, when you talk about most valuable player, John, they're seven and six. They might be 0-13 in those games right. without him. I mean, until Marwin Gonzalez hit that home run yesterday, Judge had scored all their runs in this month. I mean, it's unbelievable how little everybody else is doing. Now, obviously, they have injuries. Carpenter's out. He was probably their second best hitter. Rizzo out. He was probably their third best hitter. Stanton looks hurt again. It looks like he's going to be out again. Uh, he's probably their next best hitter was the All-Star Game MVP. Remember when things were going so great? They had the All-Star Game MVP. I mean, uh, and how about Donaldson? I mean, what's he hitting? 220? They're not getting production from all these guys up and down the lineup. It's all judge all the time. And, you know, I mean, maybe it's Boone to some degree where he bats him, but Phil Nevin is the only guy. Maybe did he, is it because he knew him better. He was the coach with the Yankees until the Yankees fired him. I don't know. He's the only guy who's smart enough to walk Aaron Judge the way he should be walked. I'm literally screaming at TVs at this point about other teams. I don't get I'm it. like, every team now brags. We have like 17-man coaching staff. We right. have so many guys watching videos. Some teams still have an old-time advanced scout. Short of the bases loaded and you're up by one or no runs in the last inning, why right. would you throw a strike to Aaron Judge? The other guys in the lineup literally have gone to sleep. I don't right. get it. Right. I watch the games. Right, and I mean, Judge, 54 home runs. Think of this. He's got 50% more home runs than anybody else in baseball. Next highest is Schwarber with 36. I think Jordan Alvarez, 31, is next in the American. He's 23 home runs ahead. It, it is like Barry Bonds again. There is no, and, and, and in a lineup where nobody else is really hitting i mean you've still got now you got to play hicks because benintendi's out you know obviously you're going to be playing gonzalez and different people more with lemayhu out and with with rizzo out uh i mean that lineup is barren without uh, without judge i would walk him every time basically I'm, I'm with you john just you you defined it he's up by 18 homers over schwarber right yeah. The last time somebody led by more than that by 18 or more was 1924 when Babe Ruth hit 46 homers and somebody I've never heard of Jack Fournier hit 27. You don't know Fournier? I didn't know Fournier. Shocked. He's I'm a, a bad surprised. guard on the Knicks. I know that, but I didn't know he played uh, baseball in the it's 20s. His, and just, just if I was going to put a final line on something that you said, just to accentuate it, where you talked about so since July 8th, which is the period where the Yankees went from their high water mark, they've been 20 and 31 since. Only Detroit and Texas, two terrible teams, are worse in the American League. So Judge, 1264 OPS. Next best, Carpenter, 1069, out. Next best, Rizzo, 810, out. Next best, Benintendi, 734, out. By the way, those are three left-hand hitters. They've gone back to being like an all-right-hand hitting team again, which was a problem. And just Look, to, again... Except for Hicks. Right. But Hicks... Of the guys who are remaining who play regularly, he has the worst OPS since then. 472, Stanton 481, Torres 548, Donaldson 616. To me, that's the foursome. Right. Someplace in I there, mean, some guys, and LeMayu, who seems to be playing hurt, have to perform better oh, because they're, 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 I'm yeah. not sure that they can hold on if they don't get some production someplace else because the other team should walk judge. I mean, LeMayu is clearly playing hurt. He, you know that guy from the personality. Yeah. You know he's the guy who's going to play no matter what. And it's no. we're in that situation where it's no matter what. And he's not being able to perform. And he's basically 
adding nothing offensively. Uh, that toe, I mean, I don't, they got like five guys with toe injuries or foot injuries. I've never seen anything like that. It's bizarre. Donaldson needs to step up. I mean, I'm looking at it right now. He's hitting 220. His OPS is w- certainly under 700. Don't have it in front of me, but I mean, he's got to do better. I mean, yesterday, I, I'm not sure you were watching this exact play, but hit a, a double, and it looked like a double from the beginning. Of course, you know, I'm watching on TV, so, you know, he's got a different perspective than I do, but the guy does not run. He, he's not running. He's, he's jogging to first. I don't know whether he thought it was a homer or he's happy with a single or whatever, thought he'd get a double. He's out at second by so much that he can't even slide in second. They tag him out without a slide, and he's, like, laughing about it. So I do mean, you think I mean, look, this is not good? You cannot have this happen with the Yankees. This well, we're old enough to remember Gil Hodges going out and pulling, was it Cleon Jones, right? From a game in 69. I mean, you talked about Boone. I don't know what he could do with the lineup. They're all yeah. bad hitters right now, except for right. Judge. I don't know if you could reorder it, shake it up. Yeah. But can you kind of like defibrillate your team by saying, hey, if you play this way, you don't play and pull him from It's not like yeah. you're losing a ton. Do you just pull him from right. the field and say this is unacceptable? Well, he doesn't say anything publicly. We don't know what he's saying behind the scenes. Maybe he says something to him, but it happens too often that you think that he must not be. I, I don't know if I would embarrass him. I mean, this is a different era. I don't know if you can do that. We, I certainly remember Reggie being pulled off the field. Reggie also, uh, right. With Billy Martin, uh, not quite as long ago as that. That was, what, 76, I believe, yeah. or 76. You know, I, I do think that something needs to be said publicly. If, if it's not, if the message isn't coming through privately, he probably needs to say something. Now I know all the team, Boone is a great personality. There's no question about it. He's, got, he's a great guy. I, I certainly understand why everyone would like him anyway, but I think at some point you need to say something because, you know, you've got guys like Judge, LeMahieu, who are playing all out all the time. You can't have someone on the team who's jogging in to first, tagged out at second, and then laughing about it. I I just think there's no excuse for that. Yeah, I I agree with you. And just on the subject of Judge, look, we've done this a ton since we started doing this podcast. It's the most familiar uh, subject we have, which is the value of Judge going into this offseason. You know, (laughs) as I watch this, I'm just reminded that they had a slew of shortstops they could have signed in the offseason and worrying about like luxury tax and future money instead of saying we're the Yankees. We just got a piece of AC Milan, for goodness sakes. We could do whatever we want. They didn't like at least if they do Corey Seager, and I get it, it's 10 at 325, maybe that's a lot more than you want, but you're the Yankees. He was perfect to me, left-hand hitter, played in a ton of big games with the Dodgers. Like, World Series MVP. World Series MVP. John, as we're looking at this now, we've yeah. gone through the names. If Judge doesn't come back, oh my God. what are you dealing don't with next say year? That out loud. Like, like Anthony Volpe better be Derek Jeter in 1996, and I don't even know no. that, that, can, that, that that would matter. Judge, what number do they not sign yeah. Judge at? No, I mean, he He's basically can name his number at this point. I thought they made a reasonable offer at 213.5. Obviously, they announced what it was. You know, some people thought it was reasonable at the time. You know, I think a lot of people did. Judge bet on himself. Give the guy credit. You know, we'll have Randy Levine later on to talk about this. At this point, they got to pay him whatever he he wants, basically. Uh, It's going to be somewhere around 300, I think. I don't know. We we predicted this a couple weeks ago. I think I had 288 or something like that. In that range, I think, at this point. But it's not only that he's so great and is clearly 
the MVP. You have that vote. I do not have that vote this year. Uh, so I, I, I can say what I think, but you probably can too at this point. I can't imagine. I, I see people on the internet, on Twitter, saying Otani. There's no question. I mean, Otani's not playing in any meaningful games and hasn't been since May or at least June. Uh, Judge is carrying this team to the second best record in the league. There's no question. He is the MVP, and uh, you know they, they absolutely need to sign him now. At the time, I didn't say they needed to sign Seager. But right now, to have that left-handed bat, pull hitter, Yankee Stadium, that would be would not have been huge. Not playing Isaiah kind of Falefer every I, day. I like not having Josh Donaldson I, on your team because that was the hostage you had to take to uh, get kind of Falefer yeah. to play shortstop. I mean, there was a domino effect there. Yeah. That's the thing is, I keep thinking, John, they're saving pennies and then spending dollars because they saved pennies in right. the past. Like, we'll, we'll give them credit, though. They, they did save by getting Trevino for little, and he's been great. You know, they, they've got Carpenter for almost nothing. He was fantastic. Which should allow them to spend and when they want to spend. They've done a lot of good signings under the radar. I agree. I, once in a while, they pick and choose. We saw Garrett Cole. There was that one year they signed. Ellsbury's the one that sticks out. There were several guys that year that signed pretty big contracts, not like Cole's. But they got to stop picking and choosing. they got to just go it, do it, be the Yankees, and, and, and overwhelm teams. I, I agree with you. Like, if we're looking at the Dodgers as the standard here, think about the three position players they've added over the last 24 to 36 Fantastic. months. It's Mookie Betts, it's Trey Turner, and it's Freddie Freeman. It's every day in some way, guys. They're great at everything. Great base yeah. runners, great defenders, great hitters, could hit for power, could hit for average. You know, what are the Yankees doing? Yeah, well, like, like, to me, you're making the point, which is go get great players. This is The right. Yankees were almost embarrassed by their money. Like, right. let's not use our strength. Damn it, use your strength. Like, the Rays don't go, let's just use half our brain. They right. use their strength. Right. Use your strength. They worry too much about the luxury tax and things like that. Also, in free agency... It seems like these superstar players are better or worth it more than these good, like Ellsbury. I mean, I don't want to keep picking on him, but these good keep outfielders, Chew. There have been many guys who were paid $100 million who were not that great once they signed. It's better to sign the superstar. Of course, if you do sign that superstar and it gets hurt, like Rendon or Strasburg, then you're stuck with a $200 million-plus bill and nothing to show for it. So... There is a gamble. I don't think the gamble's that big with Judge. I get he's 30 years old. I don't think there's any choice at this point. Well, I'm sure we're going to talk about Aaron Judge and everything besetting the Yankees these days with the president of the team, Randy Levine, coming up next on the show with Joel Sherman and John Heyman. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome back to the show with Joel Sherman and John Heyman. Uh, we want to bring in our special guest, the president of the New York Yankees this whole century, since 2000, uh, Randy Levine. Randy, thank you so much for joining the podcast, especially because of the first question I'm going to ask you. It's not at the greatest time for the Yankees. A lot of a 15 and a half game lead has disappeared at the time we're talking. It's a five game lead. 
you've seen a lot over the 20 odd years as president and, and you work with the Yankees in various forms before that even. Because of that experience, what do you think right now about where your club is and its chances of still trying to do what you do every year, which is win a championship? Well, honestly, uh, I still have great belief in, in the guys and in the team. Uh, you know, baseball is a long, long season, a lot of ups and downs. And, uh, you know, in the first half, we were living a charmed life. No injuries. Everything was going our way. And, uh, you know, last month and a half, it, it's turned around. You know, injury after injury. Baseball is a game of inches. You know, a few line drives, you know, go foul or lands fair when they're against us. So uh, it's a long season, but we're still in first place. We still got, you know, core guys, I mean, uh, who, who, are, who are great players. Uh, is it uh, frustrating? Sure is frustrating. You know, I'm a, a fan as much as anybody. Is it perplexing? Yes, it's perplexing. Uh, but I've been through it before. I mean, some of our great teams, I remember, you know, uh, I think you guys might know better. I think it was the, the 2000 team had a horrible August. So this happens. I have confidence in in, in, in the guys, and uh, I think, you know, we'll pull it out. I really do. I'm hopeful, but doesn't mean I'm not frustrated. doesn't mean I, I don't get upset or emotional. I do. I know we've seen things like this before, but not exactly like this. I mean, you, you guys were on a record pace, 122-win pace. Now it's under 100. I mean, that's still not bad, obviously, but uh, – Lately, the team has not been good. I think 20 and 31 in the last 51. Can you pin? I mean, obviously, you've had a lot of injuries. Carpenter, who's playing great. LeMahieu, Rizzo, several guys. It can't all be the injuries to be to have this kind of a collapse. Uh, I know that's a harsh word, but what, what, what do you, is there anything else you can pinpoint beyond the injuries? I think the injuries play a really key point. I think that our pitching, you know, has been really, really good, especially our starting pitching. I mean, we've taken a lot of hits to the, to the bullpen. I think they've come back. But when you lose, you know, the kind of, you know, players, Rizzo and Carpenter and Ben Attendee, and, you know, stand out for a long time. And, you know, he's the timing hitter. He's trying to get back. That would have an impact on anyone. And, you know, these guys are all human beings. And in all of our life, when, you know, your teammates go down or even if you're, you know, Whatever kind of works, your partner goes down, you press a little hard. And unfortunately, in my opinion, baseball is a game when you press a little hard, it works the other way. It doesn't work, you know, in a positive way. And I think our guys have pressed a little. That's natural because they want to win. They care so much. It doesn't matter as long as you get to to the finish line and, and are in the playoffs and win the division. And, you know, I've been around a long time, as you guys have said, been in this business for about 30 years and, I've seen teams that are the best teams in the regular season go out in the first round and teams that aren't win the World Series. So you got to get to the tournament, be healthy and hot in the tournament, and anything can happen. And what we need to now do is get to the tournament, win the division, get healthy, and go from there. Randy, there's a free agent uh, that's been a looming free agent that's been talked about a lot this season, obviously since spring training. That's not the one I'm going to talk about right now, Aaron Judge. I'm going to ask about another free agent, and that's Brian Cashman's contract is up at the end of this season. He's been with the team even longer than you in this position as general manager going back to 98. He's overseen a lot of great and pretty much never a terrible season, but what's ever happening now is on his watch. Uh, blowing an 3-0, 3 nothing lead against the Red Sox is on his watch back then. 
Is Brian Cashman safe? Do you and Hal Steinbrenner want him back running baseball operations into the future? That's a decision for Hal Steinbrenner. I'm not going to speak to it, but you know, I, I put Brian Cashman's record as general manager against anyone. And remember, in the last couple of couple of decades, uh, the game has changed. You know, uh, in '96, I was the chief negotiator that resolved baseball's labor situation after the strike, and we had for the first time luxury taxes and revenue sharing. And all of those things have evolved. Now, going over thresholds, you lose draft picks. It's a much different, complicated game. And and he's done a good job. It's hard to win now. That's why you really haven't seen anybody repeat in a while. It's hard to win. I think he's done a good job. They're frustrated. You know why? Because they care. They care. And, like, they take it out on Kish. They take it out on me. They take it out on Hal. And God bless them. They're entitled to. They really are. Because I'm as frustrated sometimes as they are. And it's good to vent. But they need to know that we care. Do we make all the right decisions? Of course not. Nobody does. But we're trying. Yeah, I'm going to ask you about the other key decision maker, Randy, and that's Aaron Boone. Obviously, you said the fans are frustrated, and they are lately. In our intro, we talked about a little bit about the Yankees. And one thing that I kind of criticized, although I think Boone's a great personality, and obviously has a terrific track record in terms of wins and losses, was uh, Josh Donaldson didn't run out the ball yesterday. Uh, it was tagged out at second when it should have been a double, and he was kind of smiling. And, you know, he stayed in the game. You know, Boone doesn't say anything publicly about about this. Maybe he's handling it behind the scenes. So we, we don't know everything, obviously. What are, what are your thoughts on Aaron Boone? And, you know, I mean, uh, you know, like the fans are frustrated with, with – a lack of effort that they see on occasion. I mean, I think the team's generally trying hard. What, what do you think about that? Well, as I said, I mean, <laughs> you know, two months ago I was reading uh, and hearing that Aaron Boone was, you know, the greatest manager in history. Now we're going through some bad, bad times. Uh, hopefully we're, we're pulling out of it now. Uh, he's had a great track record. He's won a lot of games. Uh, we haven't won a World Series, and that's bad. We all won a World Series, but it's not just him. Everyone in this organization has a responsibility from Al to me to Kish to every single person who's involved. Uh, so at the end of the day, I think, again, I appreciate the frustration. I'm frustrated, but you know, Aaron Boone's done a good job, and he's going to have to be evaluated like everybody at the end of the season to see where we are. Well, let me ask you about the other looming free agent is – is that a $200 million question, the $300 million question, the $400 million question? You guys obviously try to put your best foot forward. In spring training, you offered $213.5 million, seven-year extension to Aaron Judge. He said no, and all he's done since then is play like the American League MVP, carry your team in a, you know, he's the guy who's hitting when no one else is hitting. Do you think you'll re-sign him? How badly do you need to re-sign him? How much, much more money is it going to cost you now to re-sign him? Well, those are questions that uh, really aren't appropriate uh, to answer now. But what is appropriate to answer now is that we love Aaron Judge. We think Aaron Judge is a all-time Yankee. We think he's a great player, beyond great player. We think he's a great person. Uh, that's why we offered him the highest position player contract in the history of the Yankees. I admire him that he went out and took this upon his, uh, his shoulders and we'll sit down with him and, and, and hopefully figure it out. I think that there's no question we want him back. There's no question we value him. And at the end of the day, he is a Yankee. And like with all free agents, you know, being a Yankee 
is really, really important. It brings a lot that maybe other locations don't. I mean, now we're talking about the home run chase with Babe Ruth and Roger Maris, two Yankees. So there's no issue here whether we want Aaron Judge back. There's no issue how much we value him. It's a negotiation. What we'll talk about with him and his representatives in the offseason is how do we keep him? And then it'll be up to him to see, you know, does he want to stay here? Does he want to go someplace else? Is somebody offering him a better deal? You know, I think we'll be extraordinarily competitive. I think Cal has been competitive. Uh, we have, you know, one of the top payrolls in baseball. We always have. We value him. So it's never been a question of, uh, of not wanting Aaron Judge or not valuing Aaron Judge. We think he's, you know, one of the best players in baseball. It's just a question of getting to yes. And we're going to try again. Interesting way you put it. It's the question of getting to yes. I, I agree with you on that. The fans are listening now. I mean, is there a way you could really not have Aaron Judge on the team? You know, I think everyone around baseball expects uh, it makes sense for him to come back to the team. He's done great there. It's been great for him, as you suggested. But, I mean, it's also great for the Yankees. I mean, wouldn't this be a gigantic loss? Uh, look at the lineup right now. He's basically scored almost every run for this team this this month. I know the month is early, but, I mean, I, I think I would say this from both sides. He shouldn't leave, and you shouldn't let him leave. But I'm asking we don't you. Want, yeah, and I'm saying to you, we don't want to let him leave. We're going to try our very best to make him where he, we think he belongs, uh, a long-term, a long-term, a long-time Yankee. Uh, but it, it, it takes two to get to yes. Uh, I've negotiated a lot of deals in my life. It's hard to get to yes. At the end of the day, we're going to really, really try we know his worth. We know what he's all about. But it takes two to tangle. I'm not in his mind. He's a, a man. He's now married. He's got a family. And you know, I don't know what's in his mind. We don't know what's in his mind. All we can do is try and show him how much we'd like him to remain uh, a Yankee. And, you know, honestly, fans are fans and I love them. But, you know, at the end of the day, negotiations have to be in the, in the realm of reality not unreality. And, you know, there are a lot of professionals here who know what they're doing. He has professionals know what they're doing. So, you know, there's venting and saying, you know, stuff that makes no sense at all in the real world. And then there's the real effort, which we're going to try and do to keep him a Yankee forever. The judge thing ultimately is about money. And it seems like business is great again, or as usual with the Yankees. You're going to draw over 3 million fans. I keep getting press releases from Yes about how great their ratings are. If I read the paper right last week, you bought a piece of AC Milan. Your other business doing great. So my question is, you mentioned that there are punitive stuff with the luxury tax, but why haven't you guys just said, what's it matter? We don't draft that great anyway. <laughs> uh, like we end up spending more money trying to cover up when we don't go over the tax at like the trade deadline by trading prospects and future value. Why haven't you guys kind of blown up to the point of where the Dodgers have been these last few years, where Steve Cohn just took the Mets? Why didn't you guys, why haven't you guys gone there? Why didn't you get there first? I, I think that's unfair. We've spent more money than just about anybody over the last, you know, decade. You know, we've gone under the luxury tax to reset a couple of times, as has the Dodgers. Uh, the Mets have never really been over. So I think that's, you know, that's just not factual and it's just not true. 
Uh, I think our payroll's somewhere around $260 million this year. I haven't looked recently. Uh, so we've spent a lot of money. Uh, we've signed big-time free agents, whether it be Garrett Cole, Giancarlo Stanton in the trade. So we've taken on a lot, a lot of contracts. But it's not real. It's not real in the real world. I think, you know, I heard your podcast even – even, you know, my friend Steve Cohn said the other day, you're living in a system and you have to operate within that system because, yes, the business is doing great. Yes, we have a lot of revenues. Yes, everything is good. But there's also a lot of expenses, inflation, expenses go up. Of course, the business goes up. Uh, we're coming off covid which we basically had no revenues for almost two years. So there's a lot, a lot, a lot of factors in. But with that all being said, our payroll is high. You just saw it the last trade deadline. We've added players and added payroll. And, you know, Hal's committed to winning a World Series. Cash is. I am. Everybody is. So, you know, money doesn't always buy you love. It tries. We've, we've been the highest <laughs> payroll in many years back when the boss was there, when Hal was there, and, and we didn't win. And some of the times where we haven't been the, the highest payroll, we did win. So at the end of the day, you know, for, to be criticized for not spending, in my opinion, is really uh, unfair. You, you have signed some big contracts. Obviously, Cole was a huge one. Uh, Stanton, as you mentioned, a big contract that you acquired. But, you know, we like to second guess uh, the, the writers and the fans and Seeger. Uh, he was a free agent. I know you guys looked at Machado a little bit. It seemed a little bit more closely than Seager. Seager left-handed, was a World Series MVP. You got to figure he can play in New York. And that has been a big issue. Who can play in New York and who can't? It's difficult to judge that, uh, no pun intended. Was that not seriously considered because we think Volpe is going to be the guy at shortstop for a long time? Or was it more concentrating on Judge? Or was it, or was it the luxury tax? No, it wasn't the luxury tax. That was a baseball operations decision that, uh, you know, Cash and his people made. And you have to ask him. You know, I'm a, not a talent guy. I don't make those decisions. Uh, but I can tell you, uh, you know, I do get involved in the in the money side and the budget. And nobody ever came to me in, with any of those guys, Correa or, or, or Seeger or any of the Seaman, any of the guys and, uh, who are involved and said, uh, you know, what's the story with the money? So uh, I think that was a baseball decision that Cash and those guys made, you know, and you have to ask them about it. You mentioned uh, Hal Steinbrenner a few times. Uh, uh, several teams have sold recently. There's two up for sale right now. And there's always this question as we hear those numbers go higher than we expect. What would the Yankees sell for if they were selling, which would probably be a multiple of three, four, five of what we're seeing. Do you think, one, that Hal Steinbrenner loves doing this? And two, that he's in this for the long term. Uh, the answer is, what would the Yankees sell for? I have no idea, but by far the highest price of any, <laughs> in my opinion, any franchise ever sold anywhere in the world. It's unlimited because there's only one, as George said, you know, it's like the Mona Lisa. Two, now I've talked to uh, the Steinbrenner family and how they, they have no plans to sell. This is a family business. They intend to be in this forever and give back uh, forever. So no, I, I don't think it's it's something that's even you know worth talking about. 
I'm going to change it a little bit here and go back to it. I know you're not a talent guy, but, you know, the fans are up in arms about this, uh, you know, and you're a fan, too, beside being the president yeah. of the team, uh, this Bader trade. I actually saw a Bader at uh, Coffee the other day. Very, very nice fellow, very, very personable, but we haven't seen him on the field. And Montgomery, uh, and I understand, uh, you know, he's in the National League now in the Central, so he's facing a little bit different competition, but... Uh, other than one start, he's been really good with St. Louis. And, you know, everyone's always worried about pitching depth. I think the baseball ops people may have thought that he wasn't one of your top four starters, assuming everybody healthy. But, uh, you know, are you frustrated looking at this? I mean, I know Ben Benintendi's out, so maybe maybe it's good to have Bader in reserve coming back. He's certainly an outstanding outfielder. I could go I, Personally, I could go either way on this trade, but I, I'm hearing a lot of fans up in arms about it. Well, again, that's the great thing about baseball, you know, and fans should be able to express their opinion. And I'm a fan. You know, Jordan Montgomery was a great Yankee. You know, he came up here. He he did a great job. But our people think center field is a priority. They believe that uh, Harrison Bader, who's a native New Yorker, and as you know, you know, we just saw it with the Joey Gallo thing. Some people can play here. Some can't. You know, I mean, I see it every day. Some people can operate in my position or positions like this here. Some can't. And the same with with your position. But we know Harrison Bader can because he was born here. He was raised there. He's as New York as you come. Uh, people say he's the best center fielder in, uh, in, in baseball, won the Golden Club. So, I mean, you got to give him a chance. He, he will uh, hopefully be playing very, very soon. Uh, but again, you know, that was the decision that those guys made. Uh, they feel like center field is a premium position. A player like him doesn't come around very often. And in order to, to get something, you got to give something. And nobody undervalued Jordan Montgomery. We think he's great. It's just a question of that's what it took to get a great center fielder. And hopefully, you know, he'll get healthy and, and, and become a great Yankee center fielder. Randy, uh, my, my last question is about, uh, we've talked a lot about money here, so I'm going to ask about the guy who actually you've given the most money to per year and in total, and that's Garrett Cole. And I wonder, you know, you you certainly moved heaven, earth, and a couple of hundred million dollars to outbid the field for him uh, to get him. Has he been what you wanted, or has he let you down at all? No, I think that, you know, Garrett Cole is, uh, you know, I think he's leaving the league in strikeouts. Uh, uh, I think, you know, if you ask him, uh, he, he would want to, you know, be better, uh, but he's our ace. He's our guy. You know, he, he's determined, you know, coming to New York is always an adjustment. And, and obviously, you know, the stuff with the ball last year was an adjustment, not only for him, but for every other single player, I mean, pitcher. So, uh, but you know, he's had some great, great starts and, over the, you know, he's had a few bad ones, you know, over 30 starts, that's going to happen. But we haven't been scored for him in the last couple of starts. But, no, he, he's our race, and uh, I'm confident that uh, he's going to be there. You mentioned Bader as a guy who you think he can play in New York. He's from Bronxville, obviously. Um, you know his dad. He's a lawyer, and his mom worked at Sports Illustrated uh, with me, although I did not know her at the time. So, you know, that makes sense. Is, is there any way to investigate before you make deals, because obviously you guys gave up a, a lot of players. I don't know how good they're going to be because prospects, we don't know. A lot of players for Gallo have a long contract with Hicks. I don't know if it's New York, but he certainly seems very talented. He has not done it in New York, certainly not this year. Is there any more effort or any more any any more investigation that maybe we should do beforehand to 
determine whether a guy or get a gauge of whether a guy is going to be good in New York? Because it is, it does seem to be an issue even more with the Yankees than, than it is with the Mets. Seems like there's more pressure on your side of town. Well, I think yes. The answer is yes. And I remember, you know, Gene Michael always. I remember when I was much younger when Gene was the GM. And the question he always used to ask is, can this guy play in New York? Can he play in New York? He used to, you know, George used to ask him about this guy. And Gene would say, like, I don't know if he can play in New York. So it's really hard to figure that out. But I think, you know, all of us uh, are trying to do better. Uh, I think we need to do better in that because some people embrace it. I mean, if you look at Jose Trevino, I mean, he embraces it, you know, I mean, he's become a much better player because he loves the Yankees and he loves New York. But, you know, as they say, the pinstripes are heavy uh, and you have to embrace it. Some guys just take off some, you know, they feel the, the burden. They're just not built for it. And, you know, it's not like uh, different than a lot of occupations. I mean, that's why, uh, you know, the famous Sinatra song, if you can make it here, you can make it anywhere. That's what it's about. We're special here in New York. You know, we're tough. We're hard. It's uh, we're fighters. That's why our fans are so compassionate and sometimes impatient, which they're entitled to be. God bless them. But, uh, yeah, I think that's really important. And we always have to try and do a better job on that. You know, so I'll wrap up our interview, Randy. Thank you so much for joining us with a Sinatra question, which the song you mentioned is New York, New York. Uh, We had Steve Cohn on last week. At this moment, the Mets have a better record than you. Lots of people obviously going to their games also. A lot of times over the last 30 years, you've been asked, hey, are the Mets about to take over the town? And it hasn't happened. Is this town big enough for both of you? Or do you worry about where Steve Cohn is taking the New York Mets? No, I mean, I honestly, I think that's like a really between you, you know, how much I respect you and John, but I, I think that's really stupid and dumb. <laughs> this is, this is, this is Steve Cohn, Hal Steinbrenner and I were big supporters of Steve Cohn to get, to get him into the game. Back with the Will Ponds, I've always been a great believer that not only is the town big enough for both of us when both teams are playing well, it's great for both teams in baseball. You have the excitement. People are talking about it. More people watch it, go to the games. So we really don't, we've never worried about the Mets. Uh, I think sometimes they worry about us too much. And I don't think, you know, I laugh, you know, taking over the town. I don't even know what that means. All I know is that you know, the Yankees have the highest television ratings in history. Our attendance is is getting back. Our revenues are booming. And I wish the Mets and Steve Cohn all the same success. Well, Randy, uh, we uh, wish you nothing but success the rest of the season with the New York Yankees. Thank you so much for joining us on the show. Thank you so much. John, the president of the New York Yankees, Randy Levine, covered a lot of ground in his 20-plus minutes with us, and but we always end up at the same place, don't we, which is Aaron Judge and what his future is with the New York Yankees. What do you think about what the president of the New York Yankees said? Well, very interesting. He was good on every topic. Uh, certainly interesting that the Steinbrenners will keep the team forever. That's a long time. Uh, we shall see about that. Certainly he supported uh, generally Cashman and Boone. Also interesting. 
you know, he says they're going to do what they can. They love Aaron Judge. I don't think we're shocked about that within reason. Kind of. But do you believe that within reason? Like, they have to be unreasonable. Whatever he wants. <laughs> like, what's well, the what team if, what without if he, him? What now? if he said $100 million a year? I mean, there's some point where you right, have to say. But, but within, there is some point. But, right? like, say he says $40 million a year, and he thinks he could get it someplace yeah. else. Do the Yankees actually say, well, you could get it someplace I, else. That's so much more than we wanted to spend? We discussed this earlier. I don't think they can let him leave if it's right. the difference between so it's beyond $32 million and thirty. Seven million. I I don't think they can really worry about it at this point. If it gets to forty million, I I I don't think it'll get to forty million, but it may at this point. I mean, he asked for thirty six. You're you're you're, you're better all, than me at this. Yeah. Why wouldn't it get to forty million? If you're well, him, he's thirty years old, and I think other teams probably don't think that it behooves him to leave. He does benefit. They benefit greatly by him be, uh, you know I'm not saying that they don't they benefit Do greatly by having this fantastic player but he benefits by being a Yankee and a great Yankee I do I do believe that I agree with that but do you think that there are zero teams out there that would give him 7 at 280 or 8 at 320 yeah I, I couldn't say that so you know maybe that maybe that is the number maybe they have to go to 7 at 7 at 280 I said 288 I think a couple of weeks yeah. ago you said 304 I I think we're probably in the ballpark he he's made himself almost 100 million dollars uh and he's earned it. He's done it. He's done it all himself. He's done an amazing job, and he's now he's carrying the team by himself. At the beginning, he had help. I mean, Rizzo was great at the beginning, right? Lemayu was very good. Stanton was very good. At this point, he's carrying the team by himself, and they're in one of those positions where they just cannot lose him. Yeah, you know, John, it goes back to something I was asking Randy about, which is they made an offer that was absolutely fair to the marketplace. Like yes. we, we we all agreed. agreed. But the Yankees probably shouldn't make an offer that's fair to the marketplace. The Yankees should make an offer to get the players they want. And the question is, would the Arenado contract, like 7 to 245, yeah. would that have gotten it done at that time? It's the best player they've developed since Derek right. Jeter. It's the most popular player they've developed since Derek Jeter. And they were playing the industry game of, what's the exact half a dollar more than Mookie Betts per year? Yeah. Instead of saying, we're the Yankees. We want this player. What does it take to sign this player? That's their. I think that has to be their attitude, especially whatever they say about Steve Cohn in town, that has to be their attitude with Steve Cohn in town. Yeah. I, I don't think the Mets are going to sign. I'm sorry to no, say this, Mets fans. I don't think I the agree, Mets are going to do this. I agree, but I'm just saying with but, him in town. Yeah. Just to compete on a general, broader, global. I, I just don't think they can lose this player. He's that good a player. I thought 213.5 was reasonable at the time, so I can't go back on that now. But looking back on it, should they have offered what Renato or Rendon? I mean, Rendon got... I, you could say that. He is 30, so that is a little bit of a difference. The other guys were in their late 20s. A little bit of a difference. As I said. At this point, he's changed the equation. The player has done it himself. I mean, going into... I mean, he was really good last year, but there was a little bit of an injury question, right? He'd only played, what was it, 63% yeah. of the games in those three years that he was hurt. And there were three out of five years where he did have some significant injury. Now he's not only... Not missing any time. He's playing center field. He's batting leadoff. He's the leader of the... T he's like... It's like totally changed the game. So that's how you earn an extra $100 million. I think he's done it. Yeah. Well, if this podcast doesn't work out, you could always be his agent. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this podcast, which was brought to you by the New York Post. Thanks, as always, to our producers, Jake Brown and Andrew Hartz. Subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get podcasts. Give us a five-star rating on Apple and Spotify. Follow us on Twitter. He's at John Heyman. I'm at Joel Sherman One. And of course, join us every Tuesday for the show with Joel Sherman and John Heyman. <laughs>